Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 125, the review for Fast and Furious 9. Ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And as you heard at the top of the episode, we are going to be talking about the latest entry in the Fast and Furious series, Fast and Furious 9, also known as F9. So yeah, just before we get into the review, as per usual, I'll just do a bit of background information about my history with the franchise and, you know, just how we got to this crazy point. Now... I don't know if I mentioned it beforehand, but I'm not like the biggest fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. I would say, you know, the first three films, I mean, the first two I'd seen bits and bobs on TV prior to, what, the uh, 2010s. You know, it was always on ITV and ITV2 for some reason, like the first two films and then Tokyo Drift eventually showed up. I never watched that one because when that came out, I think I just left school and I heard when I started college, like, you know, in the autumn of that year, that Tokyo Drift was pants, so I was like, yeah, you know, screw that, I'm not going to watch that one. But then when Fast and Furious uh, number 4 came out in 2009, I was like, huh, this is weird and dumb and crazier than what I remember the Fast and Furious series being, but I'll roll with it. Then Fast 5 came out two years afterwards, my favourite film in the franchise, because they turned it into a heist film with cars, and it was ridiculous, but they got a bunch of other characters from the previous films, got them together, and I'm always a sucker for a good ensemble film with action and high stuff and chaos and it was wonderful then fast and furious 6 came out and that one was pretty decent i didn't like it as much as the previous one but still pretty good and then we had furious 7 which you could tell there was a slight difference in the tone but overall it was still a satisfying film and i felt like that was the cutoff point for this franchise but clearly when that film made as much money as it did you knew that gravy train was not going to end and universal were going to milk that thing so then Fast forward a few more years and then we had Fate of the Furious and I believe it was at that point where I'm just like, okay, clearly this franchise, they want it to keep going but it doesn't have the same steam that it had before and I feel like that has been reinforced with this latest entry but we'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, as per usual as we do with these reviews talk about the story characters presentation and the overall conclusion so strap yourselves in ladies and gentlemen this is going to be a light fun discussion about the latest entry in the fast and furious series and just the series in general from my perspective so without further ado let's jump in all right so the plot for this film can be summed up as the following we enter dom and letty along with dom's son brian living on a farm leaving their old life behind in solitude and things seem to be going well for the most part until Dom's friends come knocking at his door saying that they need his help in order to figure out what happened to an old ally of theirs because now there's this new super weapon device that if it gets into the hands of the wrong people can cause world-ending chaos and though Dom is reluctant to join at first once he finds out who's involved he jumps in on the action because the new main bad guy is Dom's younger brother Jacob 
And that is a way for me to sum up the story for this film without going into the area spoilers. This film's story, <laughs> it's pretty much what you've come to expect from the Fast and Furious franchise. Simple yet ridiculous, over the top, and a lot of it causes you just to question the logic involved or lack of it. And I know that with a franchise like this, especially for the last like four or five movies, applying logic you really shouldn't, but this film series, at least within like I'd say the points between four to six, existed within this realm where you could just about understand and maybe think some of this stuff is feasible. But things started to get a little dumb with uh, number seven, and then number eight really just decided, you know what, screw it, we're just gonna go full on into cartoon mode and this film doubles down on that 100%. We now exist in this version of the Fast and Furious franchise where there's a lot more stuff going on in the tech world with secret agencies, spy stuff, and hacking and all that kind of stuff. That was one of those main elements of the last film that they've doubled down on in this one. And, you know, it's just like, I get it, and if this was written better, I would probably enjoy it a little bit more, but some of this dialogue is so weird, wonky, formulaic, and this film's attempt at humor actually also troubles me, just in the sense that it's just not that funny. Every Fast and Furious film I've watched prior to this one, I've had a good laugh at some point or another, even with The Fate of the Furious, which I didn't find that good of a film overall. I still had fun with a lot of the humor when it was presented to me because I feel like the Fast and Furious series has had this nice balance of intentional and unintentional humor that comes with its dialogue characters and action set pieces but this one just it just didn't have that same zing you can clearly tell with this film that even though it's doing a several different things that this franchise has never done before there is just not that spark there's a je ne sais quoi about this franchise that clearly isn't there anymore and you know i'm just watching this film and i'm just like it's happening some of this stuff i'm enjoying but i'm just like where's the oomph where's that key thing that makes this franchise so fun it's just not there anymore and if you like retcons this film goes hard with it this franchise already went a little weird for changing the placement in, of the Tokyo Drift film from where it used to be the third entry to the last point of the franchise before we got to Furious 7. So that was a big hullabaloo in itself. But this film with the introduction of Jacob causes you to question a great number of things and this film does its best to insert Jacob into this franchise but explain where he's been for like you know the numerous years where you know the previous films took place and while it sort of works at the same time when you hear some of the conversations between characters about you know Jacob where he's been what he's been up to you you still start to question a few things as to hmm how why mm, some of that doesn't line up and then obviously you have the whole big thing with Han surviving. This character when he died in number 6 was a big deal especially when we found out who did it. But then when we find out how he came back and why he's been off the grid and all this other stuff you're just like bullshit don't lie to me. That is the biggest load of BS I've ever seen in my life. Um, they hand wave away so many things and I know that probably a good chunk of people won't care but 
even with a series like this that has, um, you know, your brain thrown away at the door when you go into the uh, cinema to watch it, there is a certain level of, you know, logic and rules you have to apply to it. And this film just said, nah, you're fine. No, 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 don't, don't think about that. It's fine. And I'm just like, no, no, you can't do that. Explain this, you, you big, <laughs> it's so dumb. And, you know, before going into this film, I wasn't expecting anything hyped anyway, because, again, after the eighth entry, I was just sort of checked out of the franchise. I still had fun with Hobbs and Shaw, but I think that was more so on the charisma of Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham and the ridiculous nature of that film. But with this now, this series, you can see that there's still avenues that they could go afterwards because they clearly left it open for more material. But I was just watching this and I'm like there are holes in this franchise where the good stuff used to be beside the fact that brian aka paul walker is no longer with us so you know having his like dynamic as part of the crew just doesn't feel the same and yeah it's just the magic isn't there and i mean like it's weird to describe the franchise with cars explosions and ridiculous over-the-top set pieces and storylines as having magic but there was something about this franchise that for a few years was pretty special but the level of consistency and quality control between the films is just not there and what you're left with is a film that just feels hollow going through the motions as opposed to being something truly entertaining all right now it's time to talk about the characters and i feel like the cast were pretty good for the most part they're exactly as you remember them and the new members who come into it fit into this franchise pretty well how much you enjoy them will depend on their usage in the story and how much you like them as characters, but it's pretty much standard fare for what you get with this franchise. So let me start with the person who get the most amount of screen time in the form of Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto. Now this franchise has always been his, however I feel like they've doubled down on that since The Fate of the Furious, because that film introduced the fact that he had a son, and now in this film we find out that he had a brother. And as I said before, this film does its damnedest to fill you in as to how this other brother exists and also go into some of the backstory of what happened with Dom prior to the Fast and Furious franchise basically existing. And man, this is a lot of info to take in. And then on top of that, we have to deal with seeing Dom adapt to being a life as a father and then, you know, dealing with the same stuff that brian and mia were dealing with a few films ago where they turned into parents and then you know questioned whether this life was for them and whether they missed you know running around driving fast cars and getting into life-threatening situations for the thrill of the chase and all that kind of stuff and yeah man i mean vin diesel he's still the same guy as he's always been in these films i appreciate what they try to do with this character by adding a little bit more depth with him and then obviously having more scenes with him and letty because their relationship was one of the core elements of this franchise as well but that melodramatic stuff just doesn't work for this franchise just because they don't have a script or sometimes the actors to pull off some of the stuff that they want to do so yeah it is what it is michelle rodriguez is still the same as ever as Lay. Everybody else is fine. I would say Tyrese as Roman. He turned into a joke character primarily in Fast and Furious number seven, and then they doubled down on his foolishness in number eight. And here, 
even though they give him a few more moments to like illustrate some of his like you know more useful attributes and give him like you know some moments to shine in action sequences he's still a big clown running around screaming saying all sorts of dumbass stuff and i'm just like uh even when i used to find him funny i don't find him that funny anymore it's just like clown just shut up man <laughs> uh they done your character dirty from like where you started in fast and furious number two bloody hell and then you have the return of Jordana Brewster. I do like to see her in the action, so it's a welcome return. And speaking of returns, she has Sung Kang as hard. And yeah, man, his return <laughs> is so ridiculous. But it's fun to have him back, although he doesn't have that same sort of charm and charisma that he had from the previous films. Michael Rooker showing up in anything is always fun, and though his contribution to this film is small, it was welcome. Helen Mirren was fun as Queenie in this film. Again, small yet fun contribution to the movie. And Charlize Theron as Cypher. I appreciate this new haircut she got. It's much better than the hairdo she had in the previous one. And yeah, <laughs> she's still as weird as ever, but I do find her pretty fun as a villain just because she's so uniquely creepy <laughs> and uh, kind of cool at the same time, just with the way in which she conducts herself. And then obviously you have the major new addition of John Cena as Jacob Toretto. I like his interaction with uh, Vin Diesel. These guys have like you know a pretty good screen chemistry, and um, you can believe their uh, you know brotherly relationship. And he's he fits into this franchise just well. I just like his serious face. <laughs> it's something that I find cool and hilarious at the same time. And this is not me like you know as it giving Cena any problems. It's just that I find his face kind of funny, but I find it cool at the same time. So now we move on to the presentation. Now, if the story and characters don't get you in these films, normally it's the presentation that normally saves the day. And with this film, I would say it's a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the visual presentation. The Fast and Furious series, since at least number four, have upped the ante in terms of the set pieces and crazy scenarios that the characters get into. And like I said before, within, like I'd say, films four to six, they got gradually more ridiculous, but they were still within the realm of, okay, I can just about take this, especially when you got to like number six with the tank. But then you get to number seven with Brian and Dom driving cars through giant skyscrapers in the sky. And then you get to the last film with remote control cars that smash through a massive city and a big old submarine and then with this film the main gimmick is magnets you got these guys running around driving through edinburgh and other places turning on magnets and dragging cars towards them and pushing them out of the way and as it's been joked for a good few years fast and furious finally goes to space at least above the earth anyway and it is as ridiculous as you think and yeah, I mean, some of these action sequences are pretty decently choreographed, but some of them are just like, how? Just a big old how. You're just like, what the hell? There's a lot of WTFs being thrown out left, right, and center during some of this stuff. You know, long-winded fight scenes, car crashes, explosions, smashing and crashing, and people walking out of accidents with no dirt, no scratches, no damage on them whatsoever. These guys either have the Wolverine healing factor or there is some other sort of sorcery going on at work. And 
even some of the crazy action sequences that you know up the ante from the previous ones you're just like okay so this is what you're doing now but there's even just a lack of fun uniqueness to the quality of them they don't look that fancy they're not choreographed that crazily well and you're just like where's the fun I mean, there are certainly moments where it is bloody hilarious to see some of these characters leaping, jumping, and avoiding getting squashed, you know, blown up, and all sorts of other foolishness, but yeah, it's nowhere near as fun as what's come before. And then when it comes to the film score, Brian Tyler comes back again, and I feel like his score is solid, but not nearly as good as what he's done with this franchise beforehand. So now we come to the conclusion. What did I think of Fast and Furious number 9? You know what? In one word, I would say meh. This film is just there. And it is always a shame to see a franchise that you like just lose steam and start to, you know, fall off a cliff. But this, that's what's happening right now. Even Justin Lin returning to the franchise in the director's seat, who helped usher in this franchise into the crazy world that we know it to be now, can't save this film from feeling, you know, just kind of redundant. Even the fun interactions between characters, over-the-top stories, and, you know, crazy action sequences aren't enough to, you know, elevate it beyond what came before. It just feels very redundant, very dull, and while I wouldn't say this is my least favorite in the franchise, I would say it's definitely on the bottom end. I came out of the film saying, yeah, you know, I had a couple moments of fun, but clearly there's certain things missing. Firstly, you know, the Brian-shaped hole in this franchise is still there, and I don't think it'll ever go away. And we still have another two films to go before this franchise wraps up. And the lack of the Rock slash Dwayne Johnson is clearly evident. And while you have John Cena there to like, you know, sort of fill in that kind of role at the same time, it's just not the same. There's a charisma that comes from someone like Hobbs that cannot really be replicated. And yeah, it just, oh gosh, I am definitely not looking forward to the next two entries in this series. I'll probably watch it because I'm curious just to see how they'll wrap it up. But yeah, I mean, I waited a week to watch this new one, so that clearly says something about my interest in this franchise in general. But I'm sure there's probably still people out there that enjoyed this film, despite, like, you know, its numerous illogical issues with the story, retcons, and the way it handles certain things. But yeah, what did you think of this film? Where does it rank in the Fast and Furious series for you? Or the, uh, you know, Fast Saga, as they're calling it now. So, so stupid. But yeah, <laughs> whatever your thoughts are, whether you liked it, disliked it, or whatever, be sure to drop me a comment in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and all those other relevant places where podcasts exist. I will be back probably to do my next review on Black Widow. Finally, after doing that episode on Black Widow back in 2016, we'll finally get to see what this Black Widow Blaze Solar movie looks like. Look forward to that one, hopefully next week, and yeah. Until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.